All right, folks, we're here at the most important of our four weeks of this important offseason, the NFL Draft. It's Draft Eve. It's Christmas Eve for football fans. They hope that that first round draft pick wrapped upon the, the football tree will be somebody that will make the franchise the great again or better or whoever. But this is the most important like I said, this is the most important, this is going to be one of the more important drafted years, unlike last year when it was virtual because of this pandemic, it's back. It's in a place I've been to, Cleveland, Ohio, during the greatest time as a football fan I've ever had, just after a Super Bowl victory for the Eagles and going to the Hall of Fame and everything else. It will be set front and center, and obviously for 32 prospects, they're going to hear their name called on tomorrow night. And will make history and hopefully will become history for they'll make their history for their franchises. And obviously the Eagles will be a part of it. They have the most picks going into this draft at 11. And obviously we've heard this is the, the cool part. You hear rumors, rumors and rumors and more rumors. That's all you hear. But they will become facts come tomorrow night. So... Before we get going with what we're going to talk about, what's your take on everything going into another draft? Yeah, man. Well, like I said before, when we talked last week, I was uh, pretty excited earlier in the offseason about the prospects of getting a guy like Jamar Chase or Kyle Pitts and finally um, finally solving our receiver issues that we that have been plaguing us since forever. But we traded down, <laughs> you know, and now we're sitting at 12. It's possible they could get a receiver, but I don't see it happening, man. Not, I mean, it's also possible we could get a cornerback, but, you know, <laughs> you know how this team is, man. The, the fans want the cornerbacks. The fans want the receivers. But they typically don't give us what they want, you know? Yeah, like I said, the Eagles, like I said, they're in a great position to get a prospect that can, in four or five years, be a big-time franchise player. And obviously, like I said, this has been a very tough offseason to be an Eagles fan. Losing, Car letting Carson Wentz go, firing Dougie P. Obviously, a lot of skepticism of how the front office is being looked at at situation. Like I said, Howie Roseman is under a lot of... A lot of a lot of pressure, and he's always under pressure at this time of the year. But compared to any of the of the previous decade, he's been running the front office. This is probably the most because he's under severe criticism by this fan base, and this is a fan base you don't want to be on the wrong side of. Already, you go to you go around town, you go to Phillies games, hell anywhere, you already hear fire Howie and everything else. Obviously. We don't, you don't think, and a lot of people don't think that's going to happen because of Jeffrey Lurie's loyalty, severe, great loyalty, reputation. But that does that doesn't mean he doesn't have to pull the trigger. He does in his historically has. He has fired Howie. I mean, well, he should fire Howie. He has fired Andy Reid. He has fired Jeffrey Banner, the uh, Joe Banner. And he and obviously he's fired others, so he's not afraid to fire anybody. So even if this draft does work out for the Eagles, if even if we we let's say we draft seven people, right, and four of them make it and become big players in this league, one may become a Hall of Famer. Even with all that, even if it doesn't, even if this twenty twenty one season is a is a struggle and maybe even a disaster as we think it might be. Could even if Howie Roseman has a successful draft, could it be his last? Yeah, no, I don't think so. Um, obviously, after the season ended, Howie and Doug they each separately met with uh, Larry, you know, to to basically give them their plan for this team to um, save their jobs. Peterson's plan obviously wasn't good enough. Howie's was, and just looking at what we did with the trade down and all the trades we've made, um, 
they're clearly not. It's clearly is a one-year plan to get back to being a playoff team. You know, this is multi-years. So obviously, Lurie's going into this knowing that they're not going to be a great team next year, and they, he knows that um, that um, that that he, he knows that how he's planning is going to be two a, a two three year plan. So and he's not expecting a ten and six season next year. He's just he's. The only way that Howie loses his job, if you ask me, is if he has another awful draft where nobody contributes, like last year, basically, and the year before, and the year before that, you know, so. Yeah, like I said, the problem with this year is they're in a position where they're at that they're going to get, they could get screwed and screw themselves. Like I said, if you look at last year's draft, Obviously, C.D. Lamb was a guy that could fit the Eagles system, but he ended up going to Dallas earlier. And then, obviously, the in this draft and and the and obviously the last two drafts, they could have had Justin Jefferson and D.K. Metcalf, but they but he passed. And obviously, he's he he's made that sure. These analytics, like I said, this ain't baseball where the numbers work. You gotta look at the. The talent you gotta look at what he does, his hands, making moves in the slot and, and other situations, and a fit of a good need, and that's something how he kind of lo- loses. He looks at this guy as an underdog that could work better than the guy that's pol- Polish and already knows what he's capable of. And I feel like in a draft in in, in a draft where the numbers matter and there's a lot of playmakers, this is a very high draft for playmakers a lot of guys can come in right away and make it and make a tribulation i believe that once again he's going to hit or miss and unfortunately the first round pick is always the most important i mean hell i i read here recently that they're looking at quitty Payne from michigan quitty Payne from michigan as a as a as a possibility at number 12 it's like Marcus Smith. Why? I mean, he might be a good player, but why the hell do you want? Why would you want to reach for somebody? That's the thing. He has a a need to reach for people that don't need that. No need. Remember, it's a plus. It's also a five million dollar decision for for the rookie contract. So I'm I'm a little I'm a little nervous, you know, because to me, you can't go wrong with those receivers or Kyle Pitts or Patrick Sertan. You know those guys, but hell, you know he could he could go and draft somebody that's not even worth worth a first round grade at all. Well, um, you know Devontae, one of Devontae Smith, Patrick Sertan, or Joe Horn, they're going to be available at twelve, and the fans are going to get pumped up, and it, it, for us. Watching it, it's a slam dunk pick, but, I mean, you said Quiddy Pay. He's one of the guys that I think the Eagles have a good chance of drafting. I actually think they're going to trade down, honestly, but even if one of those guys is on the clock or on the board. But um, Quiddy Pay is a potential option there at 12 because, let's face it, this team, and this team ever since Andy Reid took over, they value linemen. Um, you know, they've had 18 picks since the year 2000 in the first round, and 12 of them have been linemen. And then and since uh, Andy Reid took over, I'm going to throw some names out here at you. McNabb, Donovan McNabb, Corey Simon, Jerome McDougal, Sean Andrews, Broderick Bunkley, Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, Lane Johnson, Wentz, and Derek Barnett. That's 10. That's ten picks. All those, what they all have in common is they have all have been picked in the top half of the first round. Those are those the ten times since Andy Reid took over that they've had a pick in the top half of the first round, and they've all been either linemen or quarterback. We know they're not drafting a quarterback, so you know this is a team that typically builds through the chat trenches, and I would not be surprised that Quiddy Pay. Um, there's another guy, defensive tackle, Christian Barmore, out of Alabama. 
he would be considered a reach a little bit there, but I wouldn't be surprised to see that. And another name that I'm, I'm hearing a lot the last couple of days is um, Elijah Vera Tucker out of USC, offensive lineman. Um, I think those are the three most likely candidates that they stay at 12. Yeah, like I said, I mean, at this point, there's all these rumors. And like I said, I mean... They gotta get somebody that has to contribute right away to me. They can't play the I know the rebuilding, but they can't play the we'll see in three or four years if this guy works out. Because unfortunately, since I started watching the NFL on the regular when I was a teenager, this league has become from a five year league to a three year league. You need to know in three years if this guy is gonna work or not or you gotta move on. Unfortunately, some teams are, are even less patient than, than us. I mean, look at, we're going to talk, obviously, about the quarterbacks here here in a moment. But, like I said, everything is just, you got to get, this guy has to work. Now, Kitty Payne, now, Kitty Payne I don't know a lot of. He, he played in Michigan. And, obviously, you know, Michigan has been a hit or miss, you know, under Jim Harbaugh. And I can respect Jim Harbaugh, but Jim Harbaugh is a pro coach. He's not much of a college coach. And I just think that. You know, defensively, they haven't, they weren't really good last year, and I don't know how much that's going to contribute this. Year, you know, and I'm not just saying he individually is, is not that good because he was on a defense that didn't do well last year. But I'm just saying that we have, you know, like I said, they need a lot. The Eagles need a lot of needs. We we both agree they need a lot of needs, and cornerback is obviously probably the big one. If they can, you know, they're a secondary that's not. On, that's on the verge of being decent if they can, you know, if they can get someone like a Patrick Sertan, you know, or a J.C. Horn, you know, if he, if they get one of those guys, then I'm fine with that. I'll, I'll I'll go I'll go to sleep I'll go to sleep tomorrow night knowing that okay we got somebody that can work and we'll be around for a while. But uh, if they get some someone that doesn't that's way out out of the way and doesn't make any sense or doesn't even not even a first rounder that nobody's looking at then of course that's why I say you know the hot seat's going to get even more hot for Howie Roseman looking at what the Eagles really are becoming and what the reputation around the league is of this team over the last year or so yeah well um Quiddy Pay would be a guy that ma- that matches exactly what the Eagles would would do with the pick. When you really look at the way the Eagles tend the draft, like I said, he's a lineman to be to begin with. Um, he's a guy. You, you said you're not sure about how he how he was in college. He, he he wasn't all that productive in college, man. He had two sacks of total last year. Um, in total, in four years with the team, he had eleven and a half sacks. You know, six and a half in 2019. That was his, his most. Um, so you know, he's a guy that's more. He's he's not a guy that's going to typically come in and and be a full time starter right off the bat. But they value the lineman. He's a guy that tested well with, at his pro day. Um, he can he can set the edge and stop the run, and uh, he also is at a position where. Brandon Graham's getting old, um, and then after this season, Derek Barnett, who hasn't proven himself yet, he's a free agent. Josh Sweat's a free agent after this season, so after this year, they don't have much of anything at a defensive end, so I think he's a pretty likely candidate here, man, and furthermore, when you look at how the Eagles draft, they typically draft to piss off the fans, and this is one of the picks that would anger the most the most people, you know. So, especially if uh, J.C. Horn or Devontae Smith or even Patrick Sertan are on the board, if they grab him over them, you're going to have uh, uh, shades of 2010 when the Eagles drafted Brandon Graham over Earl Thomas. Even though that did work out for them in the long haul, you know, he'll be one of the better Eagles of all time, but. Like I said, it worked out, but you know, everyone was. Yeah, Earl Thomas was the better. Berserk at that point. Yeah, but Earl Thomas did do great. You know, when he was healthy and motivated, he was great at his position. And and at that time, we were still reeling over Brian Dawkins leaving, and we didn't have that safety. We didn't have that safety until until we 
got it in free agency, Malcolm Jenkins. So, yeah, I, I, I understand. It's gonna it's gonna be interesting if they, if you know, because I'm starting to believe they will turn turn more defensively. But obviously, you know, offensively, you you know that they need a weapon because they don't they're lacking, and obviously. You know, Kyle Pitts will obviously be off the board. He's going in the top five most likely if if if, if Atlanta stays at number four. And then obviously, you know, then you have the receivers, Waddle, Jabbar Chase, your boy, and the other one, and Devontae Smith, the Heisman winner. If, you know, and something tells me that they're going to be, one of them is going to be there if they stay. And like I said, hopefully... You know, we'll see. We'll we'll see what happens because it's 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 a, it's a guessing game right now. But by this time, or at least by ten o'clock tomorrow night, we'll know exactly where the Eagles are heading in this in this draft. But let's go. But let's move on to the to the big stories, the big deals in this draft here. The quarterback position, obviously, even though that's another possible rumor going around with when it comes to to the Eagles is the quarterback position, but. Like I said, it's the Furious Five. You know, you look at um, you know, you look at uh, Trevor Lawrence. Obviously, one of those can't miss prospects over the last forty years. You have the John Elways. You know, you have the like I said, the Peyton Mannings, the Andrew Lux, guys like that, and they they put him in that position. Obviously, he's going to go number one to Jacksonville. It's signed, sealed, delivered. And then you look at Zach Wilson going to the Jets. I think that's a joke, you know, and I believe you agree with me. That's a joke because why the hell, you know, I don't see anything special in him. And you could tell his numbers. Something something tells me that, you know, there's a reason why Sam Darnold failed here. And I think Sam Darnold's better than, than, this, guy, than this guy that they're replacing him with. Then things get interesting after this. The 49ers are definitely taking a quarterback. And then they're either going to take either Mac Jones or Trey Lance. And they're two very different scenarios. Mac Jones, I think, is is a franchise quarterback in the making, which would fit somewhere else. But if they draft, but if the 49ers draft Mac Jones, I think you're going to have to say goodbye to Galapagos. You're going to have to you're going to have to trade him. And then in the case if they tra- if they draft Trey Lance, I think that that's good for for Garoppolo. He'll get another year because Lance needs another year. He needs to he needs to work on on some on some of his mechanics because he didn't play much last year anyway. So, your thoughts on number th- on wh- which way San Francisco might go at number three? Yeah, well, obviously Lawrence is the, is the guy, but you know I'm not I'm not that high on the, this quarterback group. I think it's overrated, man. Um, Zach Wilson's got a ton of upside, I think, but we'll see about him. Obviously, he's locked into the number two spot. And when you get to the number three spot, I mean, I know you, you, you like Mac Jones. I don't. I don't think he, I mean, I don't think he's a bad player. I don't think he's going to be a franchise quarterback, though. You know, he's a guy, he's, he's real, he's, he is really intelligent, which is great, but he's, he's very limited physically. Um, and he needs, he's, gonna, he's the type of guy that's going to need a ton of talent and a good system around him to succeed at a high level, which is not something that's sustainable over the course of a you know, 15-year career. You're going to have some years where the talent level's just not there, and I don't think he can carry a team by himself. You know, I think when I look at him, I see a guy like, you know, maybe a slightly better, a better version of Andy Dalton when he was young, you know, for the the Bengals, basically a guy that can, if you have the talent around him, he can get you to the playoffs and then lose you, lose the game in the first first round of the playoffs, you know. That's about all I see out of him. And then you look at uh, um, Justin Fields and Trey Lance, I'm just not that high on them either, man. I just don't think they're that good. They, they got they got tons of potential, sure, but they, they have flaws, man. They're, they're not, they're, I don't see them as top five picks. And maybe one of them, maybe one of these guys comes out and is a superstar out of those four after um, Trevor Lawrence. But I think at least two, maybe all the way I put it like is like this. I, I see Trevor Lawrence, and then you got four other guys. And out of those, I'd say maybe one ends up being a star. Maybe one ends up being an average 
starting quarterback, and then two of them are going to be bust. And I just, uh, I just don't think this quarterback class is anywhere near as good as it's being hyped up to be. But for the Niners, I'm, I'm not buying the whole Mac Jones hype at number three. Um, I think they're going to go with the higher up, upside guy in Justin Fields, and he's also a guy that um, has that Kyle Shanahan is familiar with, and I think that's who they're going to go with. They, if they go with him there, he's a guy that might need a little bit of time to develop in the NFL, so they may end up keeping Garoppolo for one more year, but yeah, I think that's who their guy's going to be. Well, the Justin Fields thing is is a shame because, yeah, he comes from Ohio State. It's not a school. I'm a, I'm not a fan of the school. And obviously, you know, Urban Meyer. He's an Urban Meyer recruit. One of his last recruits before he gave the team to Mister Mister Kissass. You know, always calling him about things. Forgot his name. Ryan Day, whatever his coach. But obviously, like I said, the guy that came before Fields was, you know. Damn, what's his name? <laughs> Dwayne Haskins. Yeah, Dwayne Haskins, who put who who was really good, but then unfortunately didn't it hasn't contributed. He never he didn't put in the effort, and that's the problem with this with this with this league. You know, these quarterbacks, like I said, they they seem like cat miss prospects. And unless you're listening to to, to Mel Kiper, everybody's favorite. You know, they all want to see what's going on and think that these guys. But then again, this is Mel Kiper we're talking about, who said he would lose it, he would leave if Jimmy Clawson wasn't a franchise quarterback. <laughs> but anyway, like I said, to be all, back to being serious, like I said, I mean, I think Justin Fields can work if he's in the right system. If he's in the right system, because I'm not even sure if any of these guys are going to work. Because remember, Trevor Lawrence is going to be coached by Urban Meyer. And we don't know if Urban Meyer is gonna gonna click here. We don't know if he's gonna be a Jimmy Johnson or a Steve Spurrier type court head coach that comes into the NFL. If he's Jimmy Johnson, then then Jacksonville's gonna be a gonna be elite in a few years. If he's if he's if he's if he's if he's Spurrier, then he's done. He's not he's not gonna have the career he wants. Now, to me, like I said, I'm not a big fan of, of Zach Wilson. Like I said, the Jets gave up on Sam Darnold. They never really gave the damn about Sam, Sam Darnold. And I know you're not a big fan of him either, but I feel like Sam Darnold's a better quarterback than Zach Wilson would be. Now, obviously, the Jets are built are going to build their defense back up, and that's another problem because they don't have an offensive guy. Robert Sala is a defensive guy. So how is that going to work? And then Mac Jones, I think, is a franchise quarterback, but maybe it's more related to, to Belichick's scheme than than what Kyle Shanahan would do. To me, I wouldn't give up on Jimmy Garoppolo yet, and I don't, and time will tell if they're going to give up on him or not after this weekend. But to me, if you tra- if you're drafting Matt Jones, then you have to pretty much get rid of Garoppolo. He's going to have to start Week One. Trey Lance, like I said, he's a he's a he's a project. He doesn't have many starts in college. There's a lot of talent. He's very young, you know. He's probably younger than than Tom Brady was uh, than than when Tom Brady was drafted. And then obviously, you know, he's got he's got good upside. But to me, starting him in 2021 would be a major mistake for any team because he's just he's just too green right now. He's way too green. And then Justin Fields, like I said, I mean, I, I mentioned him. To me, he's not going to the 49ers as much as you would say. It's either it's probably going to be Mac Jones. He could fall. There are rumors. Denver, Denver at number nine. Obviously, New England is the team that needs a quarterback the most of any team in this first round. So if you're New England, you got to do what you got to do. Now, there is a sixth quarterback. And that's why I'd say there's a wild card quarterback that can also go tomorrow night. And that's Kyle Trask out Florida. And there's a lot of, and I like, and I like, you know, what I see out of him. He could very well be a very good quarterback in this league. Even though I don't know what you think about him, but I could hear his name being called tomorrow night as well. So what do you think about his, his chances? Yeah, the only way I see him going in the in I don't see him going in the first round at all. I I, I I could see him maybe going late second, but I'm not buying him in the first round at all. Um, 
one guy that could sneak out and sneak up into the late first round that I think um, is a is a, a, a Kellen Mond out of Texas A and M. But even him, I think he's more of a second round player. And you know, some of these guys, there's a, there's um, the kid out of Stanford as well. But I think they're gonna at least one or two of those guys is even gonna drop in the third round. Once you get outside the first round, teams don't tend to draft quarterbacks unless it's like late in the second round, sort of like the Eagles with Jalen Hurts. Yeah, like I said, there is a big after Kyle Trash. There's a there's a big there is a big drop off, and according to by according to Lindy Sports, they got Kellen Mond, but he's going in the fifth round according to to them. He's a fifth. They give him a fifth round grade, so. Obviously, like I, I said, he's going at least he's going day two. No way he's dropping the, the sixth round. Yeah, th- unfortunately, remember this year is kind of different because it's the ha- this draft is going to be the haves and the have-nots because there was no combine and more than half of the prospects did not play a, a down in college this past year because of because of this pandemic. So we don't know how green they are and how good they're going to be you know they, are they going to be conditioned well are they going to be taken seriously and that's where my next story goes i mean like i said pet you know my buddy mike who i'll be watching the draft with he he's a big penn state guy he, you know his family he's got roots and michael parsons obviously is you know he comes from penn state you know the history of the linebackers great linebackers the the names like I said, LeVar Arrington is, is the last great linebacker to come out of there. I might be wrong, but but he's rated very high, and the rumors are he might be the first defensive player taken in this draft. And he could go very he could go very high as well. So your thoughts on, on the haves and have-nots of the players that, and I know you know the college people a lot. You know all these players. You know probably about 300 players. I know you're not going to name all of them, but... Your thoughts on the players that haven't played versus the players who did this past year and where they sit and how these general managers are going to pick tomorrow night and throughout the weekend. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they value the, the players that um, that didn't play last year versus the ones that did. It could be, um, yeah, it, 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 it's, it's hard to say. I mean, I think... Uh, I think teams will uh, sort of value the ones that that played last year a little bit more. To be honest with you, um, obviously when you have that another year of game, of film to look at, it's, it's a little bit easier to project the player, especially if they showed growth in that over the course of last year versus the previous season. Um, so I do think with the players anyway, not the ones that played that poorly last year, but the ones that played well last season and and looked like uh, first, second, you know, third round picks, whatever, I think those are the guys that are going to get um, a little bit more a little bit more love on draft day than the guys like, uh, let's just say, Gregory Brousseau out of Miami, who could have been a, you know, he could have been a top 15 pick for sure, maybe top 10, but he he, um, he opted out last year, and he could drop late first, maybe even into the second round now. Yeah, like I said, it's it's going to be very interesting. Like I said, Michael Parsons will be the first one that I, that obviously who did not play in twenty twenty. That obviously will will see where where he goes. He looks like a top ten pick, but since he didn't play, that's going to be the big story. You know, this this is yeah. going to be the haves or have nots. No combine either. So there's there's teams that had two and three different pro days, so people so they can understand the talent and the evaluation. So it's really going to be interesting. This is this is you know last year at least we had the combine, we had a, a season. Obviously, it was different because it was virtual and all that. But this year it's un, it's much more unprepared than before because of the fact that. There's going to be that 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 division the there. So, like I said, it's going to be very interesting to see how these teams value these players, and you know, it's going to be interesting because, like you said, a lot of second rounders could be third or fourth or even worse. 
you know, we, you know, normally you would hear the stories of their characters and and sh and shit like that, but it's been basically, you know, you really don't know. Most of these guys aren't going to be falling behind because they don't know nothing. It's just that unfortunately, where they sit, where where do these teams sit, and where are they going to do? So it'll be very interesting to see over the next throughout 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 this weekend how these teams are going to go. So, like I said, you know. Like I said, I, I I got not much left to really look at. I mean, I said I said my my piece earlier about about what I think is going to happen throughout the throughout tomorrow night at least. Some teams are going to going to go surprisingly different than others and other things. But at this point, you know, you your the floor is yours of whatever anything else before you get to your mock draft. If anything else you can contribute here. Well. Um I don't know if you're you looked into any of the later round picks, but I can I can throw some sleepers your way, some guys that I like in day two, day three that I think are are worth a shot. That some of them I think are gonna, or that not some of them guys I think have a good shot at um, outperforming their um, draft positions. So um, first one, he's a guy that started off the draft process. Nobody knew him. He went into the Senior Bowl. He, he tore it up. Um, he, he shot up draft boards, possibly even as high as you know third, fourth round. And then he went into his uh, pro day, had a huge pro day. He's probably looking at going late second, early third round. Guy out of uh, Wisconsin Whitewater, Quinn Miners. You know, he's uh, he's made a name for himself, and I, I like the kid, man. I watched him in the Senior Bowl. I've looked into him. You know he's a big athletic offensive lineman. He's he's got a he's got the sort of uh, killer instinct in him, man. I like I like his aggressiveness. I think this guy could develop into sort of this year's Ali Marpet from a few years ago. For the Bucks drafted him, came out of uh, I forget what school it was. It was Division three school, just like uh, just like uh, Quinn here, and um, he ended up being a top-notch offensive lineman. I think Quinn Miners could be a guy for the Eagles in particular. He could come in here, add some depth rookie year, and uh, he can be the eventual replacement for Jason Kelsey, or possibly, if, if they don't want to put him at center, um, um, Brandon Brooks at right guard. Um, defensive player that I like on day two, Dylan Moses, linebacker out of Alabama. He's, uh, this guy would have been a first-round pick a couple years ago. Then back in 2019, towards the end of the year, he tore up his knee. Last year, he, um, you know, he didn't look, he, he, he wasn't 100%. You know, everybody knows when you tear up your knee, it takes about a year to fully recover. But this guy's gonna, if you, you, you draft this guy in the third round, you, he's the type of guy you can kind of build your defense around that linebacker. Um, one guy on day three that I'm, I really am high on on offense is uh, Zach Davidson, tight end out of uh, Central Missouri. I think this guy could be a, a really a, a real steal here on day three. He's six seven, two hundred forty five pounds. This guy's got um, speed. He's at, he's got at, he's athletic. Um, he, he did at his pro day. He, he did a vertical of. Uh, 37 and a half inches, which in 2020 it would have placed him as the number one tight end. In that, um, he ran a 4.6240 three cone drill was 6.95 seconds. Would have both both of them would have placed him second among tight ends at the combine in 2020 last year. Um, obviously, it, this was a Division two school as well. So they didn't even have a season last year, so he, he didn't. No, you can't. You don't have any game tape on him from last year. Two years ago, he had 15 touchdowns, averaged over. He averaged over 20 yards per reception at tight end. And by the way, he was also their punter. So, you know, you could throw him in there in an emergency situation at that. So this is a guy that I think though could develop. He could develop into a really good pass catching tight end. Um, I got to throw in here another offensive player in, in late in the draft. My guy, I got to throw in a Notre Dame player, you know. <laughs> um, and not Ian Book, man. It's an offensive lineman as well. A guard, Tommy Kramer. 
I think this guy's going to be a quality starting guard in the NFL. He would be a great pick in the sixth round. Um, another guy I like is a developmental cornerback is DJ Daniel out of Georgia. Um, he's a guy, he, he, he's, good, he's looking at more like a sixth, seventh round pick. Um, but he has a nice combination of size and speed is his problem. He, he does have poor ball skills and, um, and he's not good at tracking the ball. So it could be something where good coaching, he could improve on that to the point that he could be a decent sort of slot cornerback in the NFL or fourth, fourth cornerback overall. Um, but, and, and the quality special teams player, which when you're talking about a later pick, if he can provide good depth and, and uh, special teams aspect and, you know, has the chance to develop into a starter, that's a pretty good pick there. So, um, I mean, I could go on and on. I don't know. Yeah, well, well we got we to gotta save your mock draft here. I'm not going to take too much time. Like I said, I'm just reading down this Lindy book here. Like I said, there's a lot of there's a lot of guys, especially later in the on Saturday, that will obviously contribute probably more than some of the guys on Thursday and Friday that's going to go. But I'll start with you know with you know with the namesake. We all remember he he was here. He won. He should have won a Super Bowl in New England. He never did, but he but he did but he did help the Eagles when he was here for a couple of years. Asante Samuel Jr. His, he's the son, and he's obviously going to be really good. He might be better than what his dad was. He looks like he's going to be a, a Friday pick. And obviously, he could he could fit here potentially if they don't go corner tomorrow night if, and, and get him in the second round. And and he could and he could you know he could work out there. I mean, like I said, I mean, obviously they do need to go in the O line. I don't know if they're going to address it until later in the in the in the draft. Like I said, Jason Kelsey was a sixth round pick in twenty eleven, and obviously he's he's a borderline Hall of Famer at this point. So you know you don't have you know the the guy you mentioned from Notre Dame would fit well here too, and he and obviously he's according to Lindy he's a fourth rounder, but you think he'll be a Saturday pick. Well, that, that is a Saturday pick, the fourth rounder. But like I said, it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. Like I said, Saturday's probably the, the the best day because you're filling out the rest of the draft and you can't really go wrong with who you get, who you don't get because these are guys that have to fight and they're going to have to fight hard against the undrafted free agents. And I think undrafted free agents are going to be even more of a deal this year than ever before. I think that, that that's going to obviously – there's going to be a lot of talent that we may miss in this draft compared to what we saw to, to who gets drafted this in the – I don't even know if it's what, 256 players or 254? I think. Yeah, I don't even know the exact number. Yeah. But like I said, we've talked a lot about what we expect, what we think is going to happen. But it, it, it happens every year. You know the drill. It's our. It's it, it's a tradition. We do this every year. It's going to continue. Your mock draft, the Philadelphia Eagles. Go right ahead. The floor is yours. All right, man. Well, you know when we were talking last week, I was saying how I do tend to get a lot of these picks right. So um, I'm trying to think a lot. I'm trying to think like Howie here. So. Like I said, I, I do think that if they stay at 12, I think they're going quitty pay. But I also think they're going to be looking to trade down. Okay, the um, I think the uh, the theme of this off season has been them stockpiling picks for next year because they're they're looking to uh, a see what Jalen Hurts has this year, but b if they don't think he's the guy, they want to have enough picks to make a big move at a quarterback without having to completely decimate the, the future of this team. So um, they're loading up. So one thing with this mock draft, before I get started, there's I'm going to give you three trades that I think could happen here. First one is we know Zach Ertz is going to be off the team by the end of the weekend. So I'm just going to put that in there. Is I think they're going to trade him for a pick next year's, in next year's draft. And it probably won't be that much. Probably like a fourth rounder next year, you know. But he's going to be gone. Um, I'm going to do another trade here. And this one kind of depends on if the first 
the first tree, that, the next tree that I am going to give you works out like this, but this is just for fun. This is for the mock draft. Um, I'm going to project that they trade down in the second round, about 15 spots or so, which would net them a second-round pick in next year's draft, which just gives them a little bit more ammunition for trading for a quarterback. And then, like I said, they're also going to be they're going to be looking to trade down in the first round. And uh, one, they they may end up trying to trade down and picking up a first round pick next year. But um, I'm going to get a little bit. I'm just going to do something a little bit more fun for the sake of this draft here. Um, your your boys, the Ravens, they just traded Orlando Brown for the Chiefs' first round pick. Very very so, aware of that. Yeah. <laughs> So they're sitting on two first-round picks. They have a need for an offensive lineman. They have a need for pass rushers because they uh, they lost their two of their best pass rushers this offseason. So they, they could be looking to grab a guy like Quiddy Pay or, like I said, Elijah Vera Tucker would be a really nice pick for them. I'm going to say they're going to trade. They're going to. I mean, we're going to trade for the sake of this trade down. And when you're looking at the draft chart, trading from 12 to 27 a team would also have to give up a first-round pick. So I'm going to say the Eagles trade from 12 to 27 and also get that pick from the Chiefs at 31. So they're going to have two first-round picks this year. So getting into the actual draft now, first pick in the at number 27 would be, I'm going to go with favorite guy in the draft here, is Terrence Marshall, wide receiver from LSU. They, they, they passed on Justin Jefferson that last, last year. They traded down and aren't going to have a shot at Jamar Chase, but Terrence Marshall's a guy that I'm really high on. I think he can be almost as good as those two. I think he can be a star in this league. And uh, this last season, he got out of the shadow of those two. He played seven games, had over 700 yards receiving and 10 touchdowns. He was uh, he was a beast with nobody else, or no, no quarterback, no other receivers on that team. So Terrence Marshall, and then 1B, another guy that's one of my favorite late first, early second round type picks is, you already mentioned him, Asante Samuel Jr. He's, I've seen some mocks where he's going in the first round, some where he's going high second, but I'm not going to give him a chance to get into the second. I think this guy's going to be going to be really good. I like his ball skills. He's The only thing that's keeping him out of the top, you know, out of the top tier cornerbacks in this draft is that he's 5'10 instead of 5'11 or 6 feet, you know. But this guy's got the attitude. I think this guy is, I see a lot of uh, Jair Alexander in him. I think this guy's going to be good, especially in the Eagles system. Um, we get down now. We've traded down in the second round. And uh, another guy that I, like I said, late second, early third, I'm not letting him get out of the second, Quinn Miners. I already talked about him. Um Start building up, build up that offensive line because we got a lot of old men on that line. Um, we get in the third round. They have two picks. Pick one, we're going defensive end Rashad Weaver out of Pitt. We obviously, like we've already talked about, they need to get some use there at, at defensive end for more than just one year. So Rashad Weaver, I think, is a guy that could be a good pass rusher for them. And then three. The second pick in the third round, I already talked about this guy, Dylan Moses, one of my big sleepers. I think he's going to be a super a, a star linebacker in this league, and uh, the Eagles finally get a star at linebacker. Um, going to go quick through, quicker through the, through, uh, the day three of the draft, but Sean Wade, I think one thing I didn't mention here is I think we're going three cornerbacks in this draft, man. Um, just like last year, we needed receivers. This year, we need cornerbacks, and I think we're going to do the same thing we did last year. We're going to get one early, and then we're drafting two on day three. So um, one guy that I'm looking at in the fourth round is Sean Wade, cornerback out of um, Ohio State. This guy was a top-notch slot cornerback two years ago when he was playing behind uh, Jeffrey Okuda and Damon Arnett. But... uh, this last season, they moved to the outside. They were expecting him to be their next star, the next first-round pick out of cornerback uh, university, and he had a bad year. He was pretty bad last year. But I think with a good coaching, at the very least, he can be a top-notch slot cornerback, and he might be able to develop into an outside guy. Um, Fifth-round, Chuba Hubbard, Chuba Hubbard, 
running back out of Oklahoma State. He's a, he, he would provide a great change of pace for uh, Miles Sanders. Um, sixth round, I already talked about Zach Davidson. That's one of my picks in the sixth. I think that guy's going to be a top, a really good tight end. Um, next one, Tommy Kramer. I know your book said fourth round, but almost every publication I've looked at says more like sixth, seventh round. But it all depends. Once you get into day three, there's some people that some guys will have guys graded fourth round, and some will have them graded seventh. So it all depends on the, what the teams think of them. But I like Tommy Kramer. I think he's going to be a quality starting guard. That actually gives us two interior linemen, one to replace Jason Kelsey and one to replace uh, Brandon Brooks in the future. Um, the other one, another guy, another guy already talked about is a sleeper, DJ Daniel, corner, DJ Daniel, cornerback out of Georgia, is my other sixth round pick. And then we get in the seventh round. We know how he loves drafting quarterbacks, so you know he's going to draft one. I've seen some mocks where the, they draft Ian Book out of Notre Dame. I don't think so. I don't see that happening. But one guy that I'm going to put out there is a sort of sort of a. Um, a, a dart throw is uh, Brady White, quarterback out of Memphis. Um, he was really productive. He's, he's, he's limited physically, but, you know, with some good coaching and the right system, he could develop in the quality backup quarterback. So, and that's about it. So, so, so you do see them drafting a quarterback in this draft, but, but, but later on. That, yeah, they're definitely going to draft one. Um, and, I mean, if they draft one in the sixth or seventh round, that's fine. They just can't afford to waste a pick in, like, the fourth or fifth like they've done in the past with um, Clayton Thorson and guys like that. That's just stupid. But, uh, yeah, they're definitely going to bring in another quarterback. They love drafting quarterbacks. It's sort of a, another uh, theme with this team is they try to draft the quarterback almost every year. That goes back to something that the Packers used to do back when Andy Reid was coaching for them. Um, you know, they, they used to try to draft a quarterback almost every year and develop him and then potentially even flip him for picks. So that's something that Reid brought with him to the Eagles, and it's something that, just like with the um, putting emphasis on linemen, that's something that um, how he is stuck with. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, that's a good thing, and I'll keep an, and I'll keep an eye on this. I'll look back on this on this on this episode and and see what if we got it right you know obviously we'll talk next Wednesday and our draft review but like I said as far as what we will see tomorrow night like I said we know quarterbacks are going one two three and it's only happened one other time we all remember 1999 that was Donovan McNabb's year he was on two quarterbacks one that could have been better than he was but struggled with a bad old line and then the other one was a complete bust in Achilles Smith. And then we all remember, hell, <laughs> the, the the Ricky Williams when he got when they traded the entire draft. I wish somebody would do that just for the for the hell of it, but we know that that's not that's a silly thing to do. A few other tidbits here before we're done here. Like I said, the fourth pick is is where it, the magic's gonna happen because the Atlanta Falcons have it. There's talks about them trading that pick. Obviously, a quarterback could go there. If if the loser, if if, if it's not Trey Lance or 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 Mac Jones going to San Francisco at three, that's where they'll go. That's where one of those guys will go. Even though Denver made a major trade today, that's going to play a big role in in tomorrow with Tate Bridgewater going to the Broncos. Obviously, you know they're they're giving up already on. On Drew Locke. I mean, Drew Locke had a bad year. Give me a break. You know, John Elway don't know what the hell he's doing now as an executive. I don't even know if he is an executive anymore there. So we're going to watch out for them. We know New England has to get a quarterback or they're they're screwed. Obviously, we'll see what happens there. At 15, if they move up, Washington obviously needs a quarterback. I don't know if if your boy Heineke's is the franchise? I wouldn't think he's a franchise guy. He did a good job in the playoff game, but he's not a. He's a backup. He's a certified backup. I can't see him being a 16 game starter. So they have to look into a quarterback at least early, if not in the second round. So a lot of things will go down. Detroit is reportedly chopping their pick 
allegedly, unless they get a, a top receiver. They lost Kenny Galladay. So, like I said, it should, get, it should be interesting to see what happens there. And like I said, I mean, I, I, I agree with you. I don't see the Eagles drafting at 12, especially when you have to go behind the Cowboys and the Giants at 10 and 11. That's kind of that's kind of you know competition, and you don't want to deal with that if you're if you're the Eagles, especially if they draft somebody that you're looking at. And like I said, I mean, we'll we'll I, I can't really talk about the rest of the draft. We'll see how everything else goes. You know, if we if we're lucky to get two first round picks, I mean, hell, we're in a position next year to have three first round picks, and that will obviously make a a difference if. If Carson Wentz can can pull it off, as much as you don't like Carson Wentz, you have to kind of cheer for him this year that he has a decent comeback year for the Colts this year as a potential comeback player of the year contender. And they can have this team in the hunt for a championship, and that will obviously help the Eagles get that first that second-round pick to be a first-rounder. And then, obviously, they'll have the other first-round pick, their own, and then the one that, that they got from Miami. So... Like I said, it's going to be very interesting to see. It's going to be an interesting night tomorrow night. There's going to be a lot of interesting moves. There's going to be controversy. There's going to be things that you don't see coming. It's 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 every year. Like I said, Mel Kuyper is going to be there. Todd Bichet wasn't a part of it. He was sick last year. He was, he's back this year. Like I said, it's going to be very interesting. Obviously, the NFL Network will have it, and ABC has their college guys so it should be a hell of a night tomorrow night. And I'm looking forward to it. You're looking forward to it. Everybody's looking forward to it. So next Wednesday, our draft review. And we'll have a hell of a lot to talk about. We'll see who, what, what will happen, if everybody made the right moves or not, who's going to be bust, who won't. And that's all we have for this. Y'all, good luck. Hopefully your team does good good this weekend and turns it into a contender, that one guy that they can win. And that's all I have. Have a good night. See you next week.